Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. Welcome back to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode, I'm going to bring on Fox Sports producer Conrad Company to help guide a conversation about the latest that is going on in all of college basketball. We'll talk about Grant Williams' big performance this week, uh, Darius Garland or Ja Morant, and then we'll jump into some high school hoops and talk a little LaMelo ball. Before we jump into that conversation, I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the Sidelines podcast. The best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Uh, you can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Evan Daniels. It's time to go. Minimum with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now I want to bring in a colleague over at Fox Sports, Conrad Company, to help guide this conversation. Conrad, how are you, man? I'm fantastic. Welcome to our side of the hood. <laughs> Mr. First Class over here took first class from, uh, what, no, Tennessee all the way out to L.A. this morning. Yes, I am glad to be uh, in L.A. I was in uh, wintry weather last week in Springfield, Mass. How about this? It was negative three degrees where I was on Monday. Uh, now I'm in sunny L.A., 70 degrees. I'm going to hang out on Manhattan Beach Later today, I'm, I'm fired up to be here. Hey, man, I grew up in that stuff, and I'm just happy to be here as well. Now, you were actually at this Tennessee Vanderbilt game last night. Grant Williams absolutely went off for 43 points and eight rebounds. Vols came back late to win the game. Where do you see him when it comes June for this draft? Well, I, one, I want to talk about that game first. I mean, he was... He was ridiculous. You said it, the 43 points. He hit all 23 of his free throws. Uh, one of the best um, college basketball individual performances I've seen in person uh, in a long time. I mean, he was dominant, especially in the second half. And what's crazy about Grant Williams is, and I, I don't know what he's listed, but in person, he, he's even shorter. And like he's he's probably legitimately. I, I'd be curious when he goes to the draft combine what he measures in. But it's it'll like be six, in the, five, six, six. It'll be in that range. Yeah, I would say six six max. Uh, but he is a strong, tough dude. I, I haven't seen a guy that size that can score and finish through contract like he did. Uh, at Vanderbilt last night he was 10 to 15 from the field it seemed like he had an and one every time he scored it um, and he's just so quick on the block especially spinning he had an awesome spin move baseline where he dunked it I think that was in the first half but it was really impressive but in, in terms of his draft stock I mean this is a guy that I think is is starting to get some play in the late first round and I, I think there's a lot of value in his ability to rebound uh, how hard he plays. Obviously, there's some physical limitations in terms of his size, which we were just talking about. Uh, but this is a dude that it, it's hard to doubt because uh, he has just been so productive as a college basketball player. He's only a junior. Heck, he could even come back. Uh, I don't know what else he has to prove at Tennessee because uh, I, I think it's looking like he'll be back-to-back -back SEC players of the year, yeah. player of the year. But, I mean, it was – the performance was unbelievable, and the atmosphere at that game last night was was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, Williams had a great game. Obviously, 23 from 23 from the line. That's extremely hard to do, especially when you can get that out of your star player down the stretch. Was there any other big takeaways you had from that game last night? Yeah, there were a couple things for sure. I mean, one, the atmosphere, which I mentioned a second ago. And what's crazy is it was at Vanderbilt. And 
Um, there's, you know, just from living, I lived in that, I've lived in Nashville the last year and a half. And obviously there's a big Vanderbilt following, but there's a massive Tennessee following. And it was probably 50, 50 in that gym of Tennessee Vanderbilt fans. So the, the, the atmosphere was amazing. And I, I, you know, I'm, I grew up going to uh, Louisville, Kentucky basketball games and, and seeing that rivalry. So it was kind of, kind of cool to, to see another one um, over on the Vanderbilt side though. Um, there's a kid that, that we slipped into our top 50 uh, late and that's Aaron Naismith uh, guard for Vanderbilt he was really impressive last night I, I, I think this is a kid that's going to eventually play in the NBA uh, he was 9 of 15 from the field scored 24 points um, he is going to be a stud at Vanderbilt and all the attention coming into the year was on Darius Garland and Simi Shitu and rightfully so but Aaron Naismith is a freshman um, that is really growing into a sophomore right before our eyes and in Vanderbilt's maybe biggest game of the year he really ramped things up. So I, I think he's 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 a guy to, to really keep an eye on. Yeah, Vanderbilt actually really should have had a great team this year if they would have had Darius Garland. Yep. And uh, now he's I know he's getting ready for the draft. He's taking himself out of school. Uh, he tore his left meniscus in November, if people don't remember. Uh, he was averaging 16, 4, and 3 before that point. Where do you see him in his NBA draft stock now? And, and, you know, those numbers, unfortunately, are even a little more pedestrian than they really are because that's including the game he got injured. So if you only do those first four games, it's almost 20 points a game, over four rebounds, three and a half assists, shooting uh, 11 of 23 from the three-point line on the season. Uh, in terms of his draft stock, um, you know, it's a little unfortunate that he wasn't able to play this season because I, I truly believe that he was going to work his way up into the top five range. Um, unfortunately, he went down with that meniscus and um, he's decided to go pro. I actually talked to him earlier in the week and the focus is just he wants to get back to focusing fully on rehab, no class, and, and focus on preparing for the spring and, and getting ready um, for the draft. And in terms of him as a player, uh, this is a kid that plays at great pace. His ability to change speeds is special. Um, he had a really good NBA Pro Day in the preseason. So uh, I, I don't know the exact number, but I think just about every NBA team, but but a couple were there. Um, and they've been watching him, you know, McDonald's game, um, plenty of other games. There's like a there's a profile on this kid already. So it's, you know, him, obviously him going down and hurting his knee um, matters. But but these guys all knew about him already. They've had an opportunity to evaluate him quite a bit, which you can't say the same about, you know, heading into the season like a Jackson Hayes where he wasn't as known and they hadn't seen him as much um I think he can still go in the top 10 I think he's that good uh, I've been watching him since he was a freshman sophomore in high school and he he's steadily progressed um I think there's a lot of value in his ability to shoot I think he's probably the best shooting point guard in this draft I mean he can really shoot the basketball he's got fine size at 6'3 he's kind of got a wiry body but I think the the shooting and his change of pace and ability to play make off the bounce are, are pretty special yeah, no, I know there are questions about his light frame. I know he is kind of thin, and he doesn't have that high-end explosiveness. Do you think that's going to hinder him at the next level? Well, I think the biggest concern from NBA teams is, is he going to be healthy? And, you know, that's – you know, from talking to his dad and from talking to Darius earlier this week, it's not a concern on their end. You know, obviously the, the teams will get um, the medical. And, you know, you mentioned his slight frame and – if you had saw him his senior year of high school and then saw him, you know, at the beginning of this season, you would have you would have like taken a step back and be like, hey, what did this dude do over the summer? Because he put on 15 pounds and it oh, was wow. like it was visible, like it was really noticeable. And you could tell, um, you know, it was almost I almost compare it to like, you know, 
he 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 was a, a boy turning into a man like right before our eyes yeah and his body was starting to develop and you could see the confidence growing in his game i think that helped his quickness i think and he's by no means a bad athlete he's he's going to go into the nba you know probably by nba standards as like a an average fine athlete um but i, I think his body is developing or, or was developing and it's going to continue to do so and he looks small because he's skinny but he's really about 6'3", which is the average height for a point guard in the NBA. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I know a lot of kids make that leap from their freshman to sophomore years, too, as well, where they really have that big development in their body. I mean, these people don't remember. These kids are 18, 19 years old. Right. Their bodies are nowhere near done developing. So that's, that's good to hear on that end because he is a stud. Now, moving on to another guy that's been a little bit unheralded, Murray State's Ja Moran. Now, he wasn't even ranked out of high school. And in his last game, one of the best games in 20 seasons. It's a bad look for me. I'm not ranked out of high school. <laughs> 40 points, 10 assists, and 5 steals. And also 21 for 21 from the free throw line. Something another no one's done in 20 years as well. Do you think he's a lock to be a top five player? I think it's trending in that direction. Um, it's tough to say anything is a lock this far uh, in advance. But um, he's exciting, man. He is, you know, outside of, of Zion Williamson, you know, he's probably the most exciting player in this draft. Um, the most, like, just want to watch type guy just because of the explosive athleticism. And such a cool story, uh, too, with, you know, this is a kid that was um, very undersized early in his career. He, he's late bloomer. You know, the other thing is I was, I was having this conversation with a colleague, and everyone is quick to point, and maybe I'm um, – uh, I don't know the best way to put it. May, um, insecure is not the word, but I, I know a lot about this just because I evaluate all these players. But everyone's quick to say, "Oh, you missed on this kid." Well, yeah, there's a lot. Of, I miss. I miss all the time. But there's a lot of players that just get better. Some yeah. of it's a growth stamp, uh, a, a growth thing. Um, you know, he obviously grew, um, but also it's a development thing. And he he was a late bloomer and he took off late. Um, but it's a really cool story uh, how he was found. And, and we've talked about it on this podcast before with the Murray State assistant, James Kane. He's now at Iowa State now. Uh, went to the snack bar and saw him playing. Uh, on a side court and and ended up watching him at a, at this camp and and brought Mac uh, Mac McMahon to watch him um, the next day and and they offered him scholarship and and now you know he's as you said he may go top five in the NBA draft and um, he's just an exciting player he's a tremendous athlete um, it's a guy with a, a extremely high basketball IQ and he can really facilitate and he's at averaging more than 10 assists a game um, and, and a lot of times when you see an athlete like him. Uh, they don't have that IQ to go with it. His head coach even came out and called him a basketball genius. Yep. And I, I actually um, was texting with uh, an assistant coach um, there earlier this week, and I asked him, you know, what are – if you had to pick, you know, outside of athleticism, what are his biggest strengths? And he said IQ, playmaking, and passing. Yeah. And for that type of athlete to have those qualities is pretty special. Now, he's going to have to improve as a shooter. There's, you know, like any prospect, there's areas that he's going to need to get better. Um, but he's a special prospect. He's fun to watch. Um, there's a lot of potential uh, in him as a two-way player, too. You know, not just a distributor and a facilitator, but he's got the tools to be, become a good defender. Um, now, he's going to get stronger and stay bought in on that end. But this is a, it's a pretty exciting prospect. Yeah, no doubt. And if anyone out there hasn't got to watch this kid play yet, they play tonight. 
against Belmont. Yeah, and that'll be a great game. And, and actually, Belmont has a sleeper on that team, and this is a little off topic, but there's a kid named Dylan Windler uh, at Belmont. He's a 6'7 wing out of Indiana. Um, I've actually been watching him since he was – well, I saw him quite a bit in high school, but – he, you know, there's some buzz about him maybe going in the second round of this year's NBA draft. So if you're going to tune into that game, make sure you pay close attention to him. He can shoot. Uh, he's long. Um, he can score. But in terms of um, in terms of Morant in this draft, like I think in some ways, um, I don't want to say he saved the draft, but like this is a this is an awful draft, top to bottom. It, it just is. Yeah. Now, you know, we've got some big names at the top like Zion and RJ, but this thing falls off quick. So it's kind of cool that we've had this kid that, you know, even going into the season we knew was going to be good. I, I had him in my top – I think I had him 11 in my first big board in mid-October. So we knew he was going to be good, but my, he has just taken off in such a positive direction that it's been awesome and fun to watch. Yeah, again, like I said, Murray stays playing Belmont tonight. It'll be uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific – you got to check this kid out. He does have unreal athleticism. Now, going back to make a little bit of a comparison, because I know this is what you're great at doing. <laughs> I, Darius, hate, I hate comparisons. <laughs> no, I'm talking about it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking in general of if you had to take one between yep. Darius Garland and Morant for the NBA, who would you take? Well, before the season, I would have said Darius. Um, I'm a big believer in Darius. Um, I think now it's a little tougher. I, I go back and forth. Um, I, I, you know, I think right now, and part of it's because I haven't, see, we didn't get to see. You know, I think I don't think Darius's stock f has fallen a ton, but what he wasn't able to do was improve it. And John Morant has had that opportunity, if that makes sense. So I think as of today, I would take John Morant um, because of the playmaking and passing and the the freakish athletic ability um but at the same time i think it should be noted that i think darius garland is going to be a tremendous prospect i would have as long as he's fully healthy no issues drafting him in the top eight if you need a point guard and i think there's a lot of value in his shooting his, the, the pace that he plays at and his playmaking off the bounce so um that was my cop-out answer but john morant yeah no doubt uh now back to you hating comparisons <laughs> how frustrated does it make you when you see comparisons like John Morant to Russell Westbrook as as frustrating when I see like the 15 comparisons that have been attached to Zion Williamson you know I mean it's just unfair well I mean the guy is I mean Charles Barkley and LeBron put together so yeah 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 whatever I mean yeah the the Le like one there should be a rule in all of basketball that no high school player is allowed to be compared to LeBron I agree um and it's just un it's unfair like putting Russell Westbrook tag on John Moran is unfair. Now, if you want to say like there are there are facets of his game that are similar, I get it. I, I understand that. But like that tag, that label, I think is is a lot. Yeah. Now the legend goes, John Morant played with Zion in AAU early in high school. Farce. <laughs> <laughs> How are we just not hearing about Morant if they played together? Well, that's I, I've gotten I've gotten so many calls and texts about this. Like how how Evan could you all miss? on John Morant when he, when he was playing on the same AAU team as Zion Williamson. I mean, the truth is, is they played together in a couple tournaments on a team called the SC Hornets, and Devontae Shuler is at Ole Miss was also on that team. Um, I believe they played 14 and under together. I think they, yeah, that's, what, under, that's what I read, yeah. It's either 14 or 15 and under. Anyways, I actually saw that team play, so I didn't think I'd seen John Morant, um, but I did see that team play uh, in Atlanta. But he would have been... Uh, Zion would have been uh, eighth grade freshman in between those two years, and then 
Ja would have been in between freshman and sophomore. And at that time, he was tiny. Uh, I wouldn't, like, I looked back through my notes and I didn't have anything on him. So I guess technically I did see him play, but it was a much shorter version, uh, much less polished version. But anyways, I, I think th that's not really the point. The point is, is like this, the, the Zion Williamson, Ja Morant AAU thing is being blown up for clicks. Absolutely. It is being blown up for clicks. Yes, they played together, but it was before Zion was Zion, and it was before Ja Morant was even close to being Ja Morant. I'm, I'm happy to take my misses when I miss on guys. Um, this one, he just developed late, and obviously I would have liked to have seen him some his senior year, um, but I didn't get that opportunity. But, I mean, the whole thing that they played AAU together, I mean, I guess technically you can say they did, but, like, it's a farce. I hear you. Now let's move on to another late bloomer. Texas's Jackson Hayes, a seven-foot center, originally from Ohio. He has sort of this Anthony Davis backstory. He was a six-one guard in high school. Got what seven minutes of playing time his junior year in high school. Now he's nearly seven foot tall, protecting the rim, the Big Twelve. Where do you see him coming in June? Is he going to come out this year? Is he prepared? Well, I think it's getting to the point where he may not have a choice. I mean, he obviously has a choice, but like, I think it's getting to the point where like, if he's going to get taken in the lottery, it's hard to turn that down. Now, obviously, Daniel Gafford at Arkansas did that last year. And honestly, I think Jackson Hayes could really use another year in college. Um, but this draft, as we mentioned earlier, is so down um, that he's going to have a really difficult decision to make. Because I, I think another year of college in a college weight room and environment will give him uh, an opportunity to be more impactful out of the gate. But who's to tell a kid that if you can go to the NBA draft and get drafted in the lottery um, to not go. Yeah. And no, and I, he's, he's another really unique story. Um, and it's not quite the same as Anthony Davis because the, I know it's another awful comparison, but just no, how they no, grew. no, no, no. I'm not, I mean, I'm not calling you out either. I'm just saying like, it wasn't the same, like Anthony literally grew like six, seven inches in a year. His was over the course of his high school career. I know, I think he started his junior season in like the six, 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 seven range. And then by the end, he was um, six, eight, six, nine. And then he grew two more that AAU season from the start to finish. But so, I mean, it's similar, but I, I, I'm different games like Jackson Hayes didn't dominate the way. Like, I, I'll never forget watching Anthony Davis play for the first time. And I actually left. This was like May after his junior season. So, in between his junior and senior year. And uh, I left the game thinking, man, this kid is really good. Uh, obviously, he's a high major player, but he's really soft. And yeah. then, and then I see him two months later at Peach Jam, and I'll never forget it. Um, I was at that time I was working with Dave Tellup, who's now the director of scouting for the Spurs, and we were at Peach Jam, and I went and saw him the first session. The way Peach Jam is set up is, that's uh, for those that don't know, Peach Jam is like the big Nike event during the July evaluation periods. Mm -hmm. The way it's set up is. Um, all six teams play. There's 24 teams in the event. All six teams play. Six teams play in one gym each three-hour session. And I drew his team the first time around. And I I remember watching Anthony Davis play, and it's like, holy crap, this dude is the best player in the country. Like he impacts the game in so many ways. And I went back. There's a break in between sessions, and I went back and I, I said to Dave, I was like, dude, that dude's number one. Like no questions asked. Like. We don't even need to talk about this again. I think that's how everyone <laughs> felt. I remember I saw him in high school, too. Yeah. So then he goes that night to watch him. And we're at dinner, and I was like, so what do you think of Anthony? He's like, yeah, he's number one. And then we, <laughs> we literally 
never discuss it again. Like really? it was that clear to us. Yeah. It was, it's crazy. Now I know that was like a tangent from the Jackson Hayes thing, but I just think these stories are really cool in terms of how these guys emerge. And I, I, I actually kick myself on Jackson because I saw him in the spring and then I saw him in the summer and I kind of saw it coming and I didn't get a chance to see him during the high school season and I didn't rank him near high enough. I, I knew he was going to be really good. I didn't know it would be this quick this soon, but he fit the mold. And when you're evaluating players, like you're looking for the, the late bloomers, the guys that take off late. He fit that mold. Um, unfortunately, I just didn't, I didn't jump on it quick enough. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, and a ton of people probably haven't heard about him quite yet, or they are now just now hearing about him. But it's not like he gets a ton of shots for Shaka Smart's offense. I mean, he just plays overall really, really well. Yeah, but he's oozing with potential. Yeah. You said he's near seven feet. He's got a massive wingspan. I think it's 7'4". Um, he's mobile. He's athletic. He's windmilling um, from the free throw line. He's pretty quick off the feet. I mean, he, he runs like a guard when you watch him play. Yeah. Now, there's there's... And one of the reasons I, th- I think a year of college would be, be beneficial is not only the weight, but also like polishing his offensive game. But he has really nice touch around the basket. Um, and he, he brings value just being in the game for that team. Like if he is on the floor, Texas is infinitely a better team and they get better shots for everyone. Um, he's, he's a big time prospect. I mean, I, I think if he ends up coming out and especially I mean, we've talked about how bad the draft is, but it's specifically bad at his position. Bull Bull is now injured. Boom, you already beat me to it. I was I was gonna so say So like when you're looking at a depth chart and and you know, every every team in the NBA somewhere in their office has a marker board, a big board and with a depth chart on it. And the center list, you know, you got Bull Bull, you got Jackson Hayes, you got Daniel Gafford, and there's a fall off. And so, I mean, there's there's going to be some some big decisions to make in terms of, uh, of that position. Now, you brought up Bull Bull. Going into the next year's draft, which one do you think is more NBA ready? Obviously, you think that Jackson Hayes probably should stay another year, build that body up. I mean, obviously, if you're a top 10 pick, you can't just walk Agreed. away from that. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, I agree. But do you think that Bull Bull still has a chance to be that top 10 pick at center? I think it's all going to depend on because he looked real good, man. When he was playing, he looked good. Well, Ball Ball is ridiculously talented. Yeah, that's never been the question. Um, you know, medicals matter, so I think that's going to be something that the NBA teams look into in terms of the surgery that he had and how he's developing and progressing from that standpoint. I mean, in terms of like who he is as a player, when you're that size and have the skill and the ability to impact the game with shot blocking, rebounding. I mean, his last AAU season, he made 50% of his threes on like a pretty high a nice volume stroke. attempts. Yes, he's a very nice stroke. Um, so at a, he's he's a tough one, though. He's a really tough one. I mean, the, the long term, a body like that is, you know, it scares you a little. But his talent has just been so good that it, you can't ignore it. I mean, I remember watching Joel Embiid's uh, pre-draft workouts and thinking, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I mean, him hitting jumpers, him spinning around the lane, flushing down stuff. Do you think teams will kind of have the same respect for Bull Bull as they do Joel when it comes to, he's oozing with talent, but it might take a couple years for him to get healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to depend on what they can find out and learn about this injury, because I don't think it was just, this is not just your normal everyday injury. Yeah. If he's healthy, though, I mean, he he doesn't get past probably seven or eight. 
Yeah, yeah, he about to say he was having a tremendous year at Oregon. If you go back and watch some of his tape, he really does. He stands out. I mean, it's impossible not to stand out when you're seven three at the seven eight wingspan. I mean, the guy's just everywhere. Uh, but sticking in the Big Twelve, another guy that's kind of been unheralded a little bit, shooting guard Jarek Culver at a Texas Tech is averaging nineteen seven and four. And you guys probably saw him against Duke. He had twenty plus points. He was actually one of their best players and. Texas Tech has the number one uh, defensive unit in college basketball, and he's no slouch on that side of the ball either. Now, I've seen some pundits put him in as a top five pick. Others in the 20s. That's very, very weird for me to see. Usually people have him in the same base range, but to have him third overall and then I see him in the mid-20s, where do you have him? Um, I, that's a little high for me. The last big board we did, we had him in the teens, um, the low teens, I think 13th. Um, really intriguing he's you know we discussed it earlier a late bloomer even in high school is the same way um he was always really intriguing in high school but like never was super productive he's always way more prospect than player and he's quickly turned the knot um yeah. i mean he averaged over 11 points a game as a uh, a freshman shot at 38 percent from three i actually think he's a better shooter than he's showed this season and he's right around that 35 percent clip from three this year but he has the physical makeup that you look for in a guard prospect at six five and long he's athletic um, he can impact the game on both ends um, obviously if you play uh, for Chris Beard, you're gonna you're gonna get after it on the defensive end, um, but he's having a ridiculous season, and um, the numbers he puts up are impressive. Uh, and like I said, I actually think he's a better shooter than he's shown. Yeah, yeah, he's looked good shooting the ball. I mean, you can obviously tell he has a good base, he has a good setup, and I mean, he gets himself in good positions to score the basketball. That's for sure. I, I'm. I know from watching him against Duke, and I've seen a couple of Texas Tech games where he hasn't quite stood out as much as the Duke game because the Duke game was almost like a coming-out party for him. Yeah, it was a coming-out party for him. I mean, I think most people that do this on a day-to-day -day basis probably yeah. knew knew who he was, but that game uh, was the one that, that kind of set it over the top for him because he was playing Duke, and he's playing three of the top four picks or, or maybe the three top three picks at the, the next year's NBA draft. Now, real quick, you still have Zion going two, RJ one? Um, right now, I have RJ one, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a tough call. I think you know one aspect, and, and you and I were talking about it off air, um, and I, I was talking about it with uh, another colleague earlier this week. Is like the at some point, I wonder how like the marketability of Zion plays into it. Yeah, in terms of putting butts into seats, and you know, obviously, I think that the team that drafts number one is going to take. The, who they think is the best player long-term prospect but I just wonder if that stuff seeps in a little um, but I think RJ as as of right now he's still my one um, I actually don't think RJ has played up to his potential he certainly hasn't shot it to the potential that I expect uh, him to um, Zion obviously has been special this year though and uh, I, I think it's a close call and it's I've gone back and forth with it this year already, and I'm sure I will a ton more times till June. Obviously, I still have concerns with the, the shot. Yeah. But he's so explosive. I mean, just freakish. And the motor is ramped up with him, too, especially compared to high school. And, you know, by all accounts, like, they both work extremely hard from talking to people around the Duke program. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun one to track. Yeah, iron sharpens iron for sure. And to go along that same basis, I've been with you the whole time. I think R.J. Barrett is the number one pick. But, you know, I mean, right now between the Cleveland Cavaliers, Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, I would find it very hard to imagine 
all three of those teams need player or need people to come to the seats. I mean, New York and the Garden always has a ton of people come up. But man, what Zion would do for the Cavaliers, who as of right now, my buddy went to the Bulls game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, mm-hmm. got tickets for three dollars. Wow. I think if you have Zion, you might be able to get a little more money out of those tickets. That's for sure. Well, he had Jay-Z sitting courtside earlier this week. Those are some of the sleepers that are going on in the college game right now. And the McDonald's All-American roster is released today. Are there any players that stand out in this game that you should take even more time to watch and pay attention to? So uh, just as a caveat, I do. Th- I think this 2019 class top to bottom is not a great class top to bottom. Uh, but there are a couple guys at the top that I really like, like a James Wiseman going to Memphis next year to play for Penny Hardaway, who coached him in high school uh, until he took that job. Uh, like Anthony Edwards, who I think, um, at least as of today, January 24th, I think has the most upside in this class. It's a 6'5 shooting guard with just explosive athletic ability, can really score, kind of the new age guard where you put the ball in his hands and, and let him play make. Um, those, I think, are the, 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 the two best prospects that will play in that game. But other headliners include Cole Anthony, Greg Anthony's son, uh, Vernon Carey, his father played uh, in the NFL, um, and Jaden McDaniels is a kid from the West Coast, like a six foot ten um, forward. In terms of maybe a sleeper in this game uh, and uh, a guy that as of right now, if you like looked at rankings and stuff, is probably ranked the lowest. Uh, but when we update them, he will be making a big leap would yeah. be Samuel Williamson, a kid going to Louisville. Um, has had a huge senior season, uh, dropped over 40 points, playing against one of the best players in the, the 2020 class, six 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 seven wing that's skilled and can really score. Uh, I think Louisville's getting a really good player in him. Uh, he would probably be my sleeper in the game, and that's not to say he's going to go in the game and score 20, but uh, a kid that's kind of moving up the ranks um, and, and we'll, we'll be rising in, in our rankings when, when we update them over on 24-7 sports. But I, I would say that James Wiseman and um, – and Anthony Edwards are probably, or who I believe are the two best prospects that'll play in that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you are arguably at the best high school tournament in the country, the Hoop Hall Classic. Any big takeaways from that? Yeah, you know, this is, it kind of goes along with the McDonald's All-American game, a kid that made the game, Scotty Lewis. He's going to Florida. Um, he was, he put together probably the most impressive performance I saw this past weekend. Um, 6'5", pushing 6'6", long, really good athlete. He actually guarded Jaden McDaniels, who I mentioned a minute ago, held him 4 of 19 from the field. Oh, clamps. Yes, big-time defender, uh, big-time athlete. I think the difference with Scotty is uh, his weakness has always been shooting, and he hit both his three-point attempts and like three or four mid-range jump shots. So you see that improving. I think he's a guy that's that's really turning it up at the right time. When you're evaluating guys, like especially the senior season, it's funny. I get a lot of, oh, well, my guy scored 30 tonight. You know, he's averaging 30. I, I, I kind of want to say, well, he's a high major player and it's his senior season. That's what he's supposed to be doing. But guys like Williamson, who I just mentioned, and Scotty Lewis, it's nice to see the constant progression and that's what Samuel's done. But on Scotty's standpoint, I've seen him so much. And um, it's just been nice to, to, like this past weekend, just see where he's progressed as a shooter, the confidence that he's he's been able to grow. Um, and those are the type of guys that you want to bet on, the ones that are continuously getting better and getting better late too. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, to go along that thing, people always think that just because kids are scoring 30, 40 points that they should be higher up. I remember I went to high school against Aaron Kraft. Aaron Kraft in high school averaged 35, 40 points a game, went to a smaller uh, smaller tier school, gets Ohio State, and people are like, this kid's a stud, but offensively, he can't do anything. I'm Why like, have we not talked about this before? <laughs> Aaron yeah. Kraft was awesome. Dude, Aaron, Aaron Kraft, uh, arguably— So you I, played with him? I played against him. So uh, going against him. Speaking of clamps, yeah. And did then you I, ever score on him? I I might have had a bucket or two back in the day. <laughs> no, I mean in high school though he was he was he was sensational on both ends of the floor. But offensively, what he could do was unbelievable. And then he went to Ohio State, and people wondered what happened to his game. I mean, in my regards, I played against him, Trey Burke, Jared Sullinger, J.D. Witherspoon, all those guys. And Kraft was the one that kind of made that all Ohio red team really really work. Yep. And, uh, yeah, people just got to realize that these kids, they're studs. There's a reason why they're ranked high, but, yeah. For sure. For sure. And uh, another kid that goes along those lines, too, LaMelo Ball is back to playing high school basketball. <laughs> is he going to be playing college ball next year, or what's happening with him? I mean, I, I wouldn't bet I wouldn't bet any money that he would be playing college basketball next no year. No money I, at I, all. I just don't think it's like I – don't, I don't see how it's possible. I mean – so what they, happens? They have a shoe. They have. He has his own shoe. He's been. I mean, it's. If they wanted him to play college basketball, he wouldn't be promoting a shoe. He wouldn't have gone overseas. And they say he didn't take money. Well, somebody got money out of it. Um, I don't. I don't see how it's possible for him to play college basketball next year. And honestly, I don't even know if that, that's what they want. You know, I, I can't pretend to know what LeVar Ball wants or what LaMelo Ball wants, but outside looking in, like, it just seems like another ploy to kind of build some um, attention. And, and I could totally see them taking this new G League route and get in the oh, – I, I, I think that would be so bad for him. $125,000 and, and going to the G League and, and going that route or – he would get bullied. Another professional, well, any any high school that goes to the G League is going to get bullied. But him especially, he is very slight. Why well, not? Just that people, he's going to have a target on his back. But it also, yeah, he would. Um, maybe he takes an international deal too, and he could probably get some good money doing that. I, I just don't see how the college basketball thing would would work. So you don't think that him being the showman that he is, taking his shoes off after games, throwing him into the crowd, that wouldn't work for Coach K? <laughs> no, and the truth is I don't think that college programs are taking them seriously. How could you? It's not a headache that any of them want to deal with. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it was never said publicly, but I'm sure Steve Alford was really over the headache when um, LiAngelo left and, and kind of tired of dealing with that situation. I, I, I've talked to a number of college coaches about this scenario, and uh, not one of them has taken recruiting him to play in college basketball seriously. Yeah, well, his game is just so, like you mentioned, unorthodox, and it's just it's weird. I don't know how it translates to the next level, even to the NBA level. Do you eventually see him making the league any day? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a really good prospect. Uh, I don't think he's the prospect that Lonzo Ball was. Um He's un, as you mentioned, unorthodox. The way he shoots is unorthodox. I don't trust him in that regard. Uh, he he does have good size and length. I don't think he's the six seven that people are are saying he is. It's probably more six five. Uh, he's thin. Um, he's quick. He is a playmaker. You yeah, know, he's crafty. And unfortunately, I haven't got to see him recently. I was supposed to see him twice this season, and their team backed out of both events. Well, they did. They just got beat for the first time too, and they got it. They got mollywopped. They got beat oh, by they thirty. Did. They. I mean, I, I can't pretend to uh, have been paying attention <laughs> to to it. I know they have some good players on the team. Yeah. Rocket Watts is really good. There's a younger kid on that team, Isaiah Jackson, that's really good. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, he's a very good prospect. I think he'll have a chance to play, um, or I think he'll play in the NBA. But it's not he's not this number one player in the class in my opinion yeah i can i can understand that and i don't think we're going to be seeing him in the mcdonald's all-american game either right no he's not going to be in the mcdonald's all American. I, I mean i don't i don't think that he was eligible for the game but you know i say all that but he is a he is a good he is a good player he is a good prospect i don't think he's the same tier of prospect that lonzo is was but he's a good player yeah i understand but that. he's you know he's got this um because of the following of of the ball family and uh, he's bigger than life yeah i mean the the because of all of that and the attention and he gets a lot of it yeah well I, i'm certainly interested to see how it all plays out with lamello because i do think it's an interesting scenario and and like i said the college route would surprise me but um i would be curious to see if he does something with the g league or um maybe he's the first guy to do that i don't know it, that that would kind of be their mo is to to take advantage and be that the pioneer type guy and, and go into the g league but uh who knows comrade man it was uh it was a lot of fun i'm glad we got to do this in person uh on the fox lot in la my favorite place to visit it's been uh, it's been fun thanks man thanks for having me of course this is coach k and you're listening to the sidelines with evan daniels Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, options, ETFs, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. They provide a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive with a clear design of data presented in an easy-to-digest way. What are the values of the Robinhood app, you may ask? The design and ease of use. It has easy-to-understand charts and market data so you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Robinhood web platform also lets you view stock collections and analyst ratings of buy, hold, sell for every stock. Also, you can learn by doing it. Learn how to invest as you build your profile. Discover new stocks and track your favorite companies with your personalized newsfeed. You can set custom notifications for price movements so you can never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your profile. Sign up at sidelines.robinhood.com. That's S-I-D-E-L-I-N-E-S dot Robinhood.com. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the Sidelines podcast. You can do that over on Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a rating, uh, leave a review. Uh, you can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Evan Daniels. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.